Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to the Inside Try Show with Helen Murray. This is the podcast that takes a deeper look at the sport. With in-depth interviews and special episodes. To keep you entertained and inspired while you're training. Hello and welcome to episode 34 of the Inside Tri Show, the weekly podcast with me, Helen Murray, bringing you the best interviews from triathlon and beyond. This week's show is powered by 33fuel.com, who make really tasty and very natural sports nutrition. A friend actually tried one of their bars this week while I was with her and said it was like a cross between Christmas cake and panettone, which I reckon is a fine description indeed. So their bars really are just very different and very very delicious so you can head over to 33fuel.com and use the code inside try 33 for a discount at checkout so good news is i am feeling re-energized i think after a couple of days off last week i will tell you more about that after this week's interview which is with the scottish triathlete mark austin who's been forced to retire at the age of 26 with a rare heart condition. Mark won bronze at the Commonwealth Games in 2018 on the Gold Coast, actually beating the Brownlee brothers, and he really was dreaming of making it to the Olympics after success on the world level as a junior and at under 23 level two. So it's a really good interview with Mark. Thank you so much to Sarah Mawinney, who has signed up to be a patron of the podcast. And also thank you, Ziggy Poultryman, who I think I'm right in saying, Ziggy, you're in Australia. So both of you, Many, many thanks. I really appreciate your support. And if you also want to become a patron, then just head over to patreon.com forward slash Inside Tri Show. Thanks for listening to the Inside Tri Show. If you want to get in touch or get a little bit more information on anything, then reach out to Helen on Instagram or Twitter at Inside Tri Show. I loved reading all of your comments about last week's episode with the legend that is Craig Alexander. Amanda said, brilliant episode. What a guy. David, thanks for keeping me motivated once again. Love your interview technique. Thank you, David. That's very kind. Chris, 
What an amazing humble guy and an inspiration for athletes young or old. I'm also 46, or is it 47? Yeah, thanks for that one, Chris. Chris is uh, making a point of my amazing mathematics. <laughs> and then get this, Javier Gomez even got involved on the Twitter action. That's because I had asked Crowe if there was one person who he would like to have raced. And he did give a very, very, very long list, as he said, I sit on the fence. But at the very top was multiple world champion Javier Gomez. And Gomez replied, thanks, legend. It would be an honour to race you. I was following you on the bike during part of the marathon when you won your last Kona. Very inspirational. So there we go. Lots of love from many, many people towards uh, the Crowey interview. Sarah, that's new patron, Sarah. She said, brilliant episode, a true pro and very genuine human. My husband and I are lucky to have met him. Joe said, cracking interview. Literally could listen to the bloke all day. Find him such an inspiration. And Vessa said, Crowey is one of my favourite triathletes. Vessa, I don't think you're alone with that. So I reckon it did get a few of you through some training or an afternoon working away on the computer. Are you back at work yet in an office or are you still working from home? I obviously have been working from home for a while, so... Nothing really will change. But uh, yeah, if you are back in an office and you've got your headphones on, nice work. Love that. So anyway, should we try again this week with a bit more getting you through another hour or so? Time for this week's interview. So Mark Austin was on track to become one of the world's best triathletes. Even as a youngster, the Scottish athlete's potential shone through. He won silver at both junior and under 23 world championship level. But it was probably his surprise bronze medal at the 2018 Commonwealth Games on the Gold Coast, ahead of the Brownie brothers, that really made people take note. But in June 2020, so if you're listening to this literally just a few weeks ago, the 26-year-old's triathlon dreams came to a halt. He was forced to retire on medical grounds after being diagnosed with a rare heart condition called ARVC, arrhythmogenic right ventricular cardiomyopathy. Mark, how are you and how have the last few weeks been? Uh, yeah, I'm good, thanks. It definitely been a strange time for me, uh, sort of coming to terms with the fact that I'll no longer be uh, like able to, I guess, one, compete in endurance sport and two, just... Uh, like partaking in, in like severe endurance exercise so it's definitely been like a strange one to try and wrap my head around but uh yeah it's, it's like been had like good points and, and bad points and stuff like part, part of it is uh, exciting that you're uh, like gonna venture something into something new and, and like get a new career and um yeah potentially you know I like the optimistic side of me is like I, I could find something that actually I'm like maybe better at than I was at triathlon or, or I like I like more or is more suited to me so um not that I'm expecting to find that like straight away but I know that that's that's a possibility so yeah it's been definitely difficult but not not just like terrible two weeks sort of thing it's uh, part of it is like quite refreshing so when did it like when did it all begin? When did you perhaps get the first clue that something wasn't quite right? I came back from a training camp in South Africa last 
uh, February in 2019. And then I felt like a bit, uh, I guess just like run down. I thought I had a virus and, and was just felt a bit run down. And then as I started to train hard again, when I when I was like pushing hard in sessions, I would just get like a really strange sensation in my chest, like re- kind of repeatedly as soon as, certainly in run sessions, um, you know, it would, it would happen a lot where I, there was no like side effects other than uh, I had to like, it, it got a bit harder and I just had this like really weird sensation in my chest. But then my, my like heart rate monitor didn't pick anything up because um, it was, I guess, like a really short burst of, of like palpitation. Uh, so then I went to the uh, doctors and sort of said, yeah, I think there's like something not quite right. Like this is what happens when I push it. Um, and then did uh, an exercise echo and then that like picked up palpitations um, as soon as I got to like 160 or 165. Um, and then, yeah, from then on, so that was like Mar- early March 2019. From then on, I've just sort of been undergoing an investigation, I guess, into into like my heart but there's being an athlete kind of overcomplicates uh, everything because you obviously have like a fairly I have like a fairly abnormal heart anyway so there's a lot of yeah. abnormalities that are there that they're like they don't know whether that's like to do with an illness or to do with the fact that you've just like done a lot of training and you've got like big parts of your heart and stuff um so then but everything was there wasn't any signs of anything like sinister apart from the ECG so the ECG suggested that something bad was happening but every time every scan they did like everything looked really really healthy and stuff and uh, then when I got to September I actually had a or end of July I had a scan where they went into my through my groin and had a look from the inside and essentially just to me that was like the final thing that they would do and that that was fine so I actually got like the all clear to to like return to training and stuff back in that like officially was August September, and um, so that was like obviously good. But then I I did they were monitoring me with like blood tests, and then the blood test showed like the an a protein enzyme that is only released by the heart when the heart's like kind of under stress. Um, but again, that's not that's like indicative that something's going on, but they don't know the relationship between like it could be that everyone who trains quite hard is going to have that enzyme in them because you're training hard. Um, and then, yeah, I just did, so kind of was from October, again, like back under, like more of a, like an investigation. And then like, unfortunately the last MRI they did sort of showed that I have like really early stages of the ARVC, which is, um, yeah, just like a genetic um, disease that uh, like affects affects like essentially like the heart just sort of slowly deteriorates or the the walls turn into fat but it they don't really know they don't really know much about it they just know that there's a, a cor- like a hundred percent correlation between endurance sport and like the the onset of it being earlier so if it could be that if i if i like establish a good routine now where i like i don't exceed a certain heart rate and i don't really I'm not going out and doing like seven hour days and stuff, then it, it might not progress at all. And I, and it, like, cause right now my heart is like pretty, like pretty much fine. There's no, there's no damage to it. So if I, if I just maintain a, a like conservative approach to exercise, then I'll hopefully and probably be okay. Um, so it's in terms of 
there's like two ways of looking at it to me like you could look at it as it's obviously really terrible that i can't do the thing that i love to do anymore but it's a genetic disorder so this was always going to happen to me um, and they caught it at the like earliest possible stage that they could have caught it so most people who catch it who get diagnosed get diagnosed because they've suffered cardiac arrest that's pretty much how it goes for like yeah most people so either like yeah you you don't make make it through that or you or you come out of that and your heart's in such a it's already past the point of no return and mm. you then therefore can't do any exercise at all so definitely that's like a nice sort of silver lining in it that um i've definitely got like more to be grateful for than ungrateful for sort of thing when it comes to it so it's good to like have that to like when I, when i'm getting frustrated and stuff just remind myself that like i've kind of got it good compared to what it could be and are there any um sort of heart issues in your family no that's that's the that's like the puzzling thing is that it's not yeah i, I think if you look back and look closely there's like a little bit but now nah, there's there's like touch wood like no early deaths really in my family so um yeah it's a bit strange but then again no one in my family was training like 35 hours a week so um yeah it could be that people had it and like a, a lot of a lot of the time young athletes get it and then they'll test a parent and uh, find that the parent has it as well but they just didn't didn't know because they don't do loads of intense exercise and they've just lived a healthy life so it's not yeah it can be that like if I was just a fairly sedentary person it just wouldn't it wouldn't make a difference to me like it's fine yeah. so it's, it's definitely it's not like cancer where your um your life expectancy is just like cut in half sort of thing like it could just be all right but uh yeah it's definitely a difficult one to like I, I think all that stuff like definitely played in my mind before in terms of evidence as to why I didn't have it so like that 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 sort of made me made it more of a shock that I had it because there's no reason to believe that I was ever gonna like there's no family history of it so um yeah it was definitely not thinking that I had it and when like at what point was it just two weeks ago then that you finally got the uh the diagnosis diagnosis of mm-hmm. ARVC yeah, it, was, it was probably like I think it was like four or five weeks before that but there was just a few things uh, to, like, I guess, in terms of, like, funding and support and stuff that they, people wanted to make sure that I wasn't going to... It wasn't, like, a shock to a lot of, um, like, organisations and stuff involved. Uh, but it was quite good that it was locked down as well because, obviously, um, I, you don't really, you're not really seeing as many people as you normally would, so I, it's not like you're having the same... Because I think most athletes get it get it when whenever you meet someone they just ask you what you're training and like what's like what's next like what, what are you doing so like it's like that's that's all they think you that's that's the only thing isn't it <laughs> yeah which is like fair enough you know it's like it's pretty much all you do so it's not like a bad question to ask but to, when someone's when people are asking you that and you've just been like told that you're not allowed to do it anymore it's it's like it's a bit of a a conversation killer sort of thing so it's quite nice that I didn't have to do that to too many people uh, and then like by the time now like everyone knows and so I feel like by the time I start like society returns and you're integrating with normal people everyone everyone's like kind of 
it's not really a big deal anymore. Like I, like I don't think people are really thinking about it anymore, which is nice because I don't really want to have to be talking about it all the time to like every conversation I had sort of thing. What was it like when, you know, what was it a doctor who said, look, Mark, this is the situation. This is what it is. Clearly, given what you do, you're a, you know, you're, you're a triathlete. That's your job. Mm. Um, I'm afraid you, you can't do that anymore. What, what was that conversation like? Well, so like last, last summer, they, they, they like told me that that was a possibility. And essentially they said, like, if you, if you were just the guy on the street, we'd just tell you not to, not to do so much exercise anymore, but because it is your career and, um, it's so clearly like so much more important to you we're gonna like exhaust every possibility so so yeah yeah if I if I was just a normal patient like through the NHS then they probably would have told me last summer so I, I was kind of I guess prepared but then I like I didn't really consider it to be an option and then um yeah it was just a it was a phone call because obviously you can't like there's there's no like appointments and stuff at the moment so uh, yeah it was just a phone call and then there was like there was two phone calls like initial one from a doctor in Scotland and then a follow-up from a sports cardiologist to like give the final uh, verdict so I was it was sort of like good that it was in two stages because the first one was like fairly final but at the same time I was like oh it's possible that next week he might say I've got this opinion on it so it's sort of like broke broke me into it. I had like a week to contemplate it and like think about it and then then I had like the final like yeah it's definitely it. Um but yeah part of it part of it was like a relief to to like finally be no like my my fate sort of thing like because I've spent so long where I, I would be like training and thinking like I don't know if like this is good for me but then if I'm not training then I'm just getting unfit. So it was like a really really difficult um conundrum to be in where you're like essentially every time you like last year there was periods where I was just leaving the door every time thinking like I don't know if this is like gonna like go some way to like an early death sort of thing but then then part of you is like that's just stupid because the doctors have said like some doctors say that I can I'm fine to train so yeah. um yeah it was nice to have like a final decision and be like right this is have the doctor say like this is what you can do and this is what you can't do and so you, you can then start thinking about what what you're going to do next and actually have a plan going forward were there times then over the last 12 months whereby you know if because have you been self-coached over the last 12 months no I had um I've got like a coach in in Glasgow Crawford White who has like a a group uh like project free and he's got a group of essentially like coaches pretty much half of the Scottish like junior under 23 yeah. athletes uh, and have a, I had a bike coach as well through in Edinburgh um, Jimmy Mack and he so I was like staying in touch with them uh, and yeah it was good that certainly Crawford has, like did a lot of or just saw him a lot so that he was definitely like heavily involved in it with me and um, like helping me sort of because it was a, lo- a long period of time where I had a heart rate cap for training so yeah uh, yeah, he was helping me manage it and stuff. But it's definitely, I think when doctors have differing opinions, it's sort of like a difficult position to be in when one doctor says, like, crack on and do it, like, you're fine. And then another's like, you shouldn't be doing anything. You should just be, like, sitting on the couch and not moving. 
So uh, like that, that's a like, difficult position to be in. But but like thankfully they've sort of said that because because I'm like fit. So so if I if I wasn't that fit, then running would be like out of the question. But because I'm quite fit, um, like I can run ten k and it's like I can chat and it's not really putting my heart under much stress. So um, he was like, yeah, if, if if you can go out and do that and and you're able to just chat away and it's not intense, then that's fine. So um, I'm definitely like pretty grateful for that because I because I, I was I was sort of expecting him to just be like, you know, <laughs> like go and play golf and that's it sort of thing and um, which i don't know i guess maybe wouldn't be too bad in a few years time but if you're used to like doing just like moving all the time golf yeah, totally. not the idea of fun <laughs> no. and how like how frustrating was it like yeah last year having that heart rate cap you know you're used to doing sort of short sharp intervals when you have to do short sharp intervals but if like yeah how difficult was it to get your head around that that actually mm, there's certain things i just can't do well I, I actually really enjoy the like long kind of long days out that are like yeah i guess at a lower heart rate i I, yeah. I like i do like sessions and stuff as well but i really just enjoyed that like uh, having a big day out on the bike or like big day running in the hills so it was actually as much as it was if you look at what i did last year in terms of like yeah, all the, all the things that I did. It looks like a really good, fun year on paper, but it was just there was just like this overhang of of like like potentially having a heart disease that was kind of like didn't ruin it, but um, it was almost like having a, a gap year. And and I think I did make the most of it. I I, I did a lot of stuff that a lot of um like yeah hill running and, and went away to Spain and just like just like had fun with the sport. So I, I was always training, but. Like I was like, well, if, I, if I'm not racing, then I've got a heart rate cap. I might as well just do things that I like thoroughly enjoy, which is what I did. So I definitely, definitely spent my time wisely and made the most of like the freedom that I had. So it it was enjoyable, but at the same time, if you'd said to me like, what would you rather be doing, like do this or be racing, I would say like 100% be racing. It wasn't like, um, which is which is weird because it was it was definitely like more. I was having more fun and like just doing what I wanted to do, but. Uh, yeah, it's definitely like the grass is always greener. So yeah, totally. Sort of, you've been doing triathlon since you were what eight years old? Is that right? Uh, I, probably, or younger? I think I think I might have done one when I was eight or nine. I can't really. I've got like a vague memory of it, but I can't remember what age I was. But I I remember when I was eleven. That was when I was like did one and was like sold on it. And I was I was at a swimming club and doing. I was actually doing the sports that training for the sports in a triathlon and then I found triathlon was like oh this is my my thing so like from 11 it was it was that was like the sport that I was gonna pursue and yeah. um, so yeah it's definitely like a long time but uh, I don't know I think part of it is good and part of it is bad so part of me was always a bit concerned about the fact that I just my whole life was triathlon and all that was like all I knew and all my if you like kind of got like a bit uh, concerned about the fact that I was living in this bubble so I think it's kind of nice that I have I've almost been forced to like prove myself in another domain and like show that I'm it's like a new challenge to be prove that I'm like versatile and I can use my like um, work ethic and mindset to be successful in something like totally different so part like I see that as something exciting it's just uh, it's difficult to imagine when, when you don't I like it's not like I have an exact thing of what I want to do next 
like it's not like I've I've got this like side dream that I want to jump straight into, um. So um, that's like my next, I guess, challenge is to like find out exactly what it is to pursue, and then I think as soon as I find that, it will just be be easy to be honest. Yeah. All in and go for it, because you've got. I mean, you've got a maths degree as well, haven't you? Yeah, I've got a maths degree, but I I, I don't know how how keen I am to use it. I'm not sure. If I, <laughs> I, 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 the thing is, I don't know. I could really enjoy it because at uni, I, I like it was all right, but it was always like second place to training, and so I, I don't think I really gave myself the chance to enjoy it. If you know what I mean. So part of me is like, oh, maybe if I went back and did that degree now, I probably would find it interesting. But at the time, I was just like, oh, I'm, I'm tired, and I've got this track session. I would rather be like chilling than doing this sort of thing. Uh, so yeah, it's it's, it's kind of nice to be able to put like well not academia but pursue something that isn't sport and show that I'm uh, proved myself as smart and apply my apply my brain to something like yeah because I always uh, yeah I mean I think I can do it but I guess I'll find out <laughs> I'm sure you can I'm yeah. sure you can do you, do you ever think Mark about you know yeah you have been in the system for mm-hmm. uh what I, I can't clearly you are the mathematician I don't know 15 years yeah I think I was first invited to like a Scottish training camp when I was maybe like 12 or 13 so um wow. yeah that would have been like 2007 so like 13 years um and yeah it's been it's been really good times uh yeah I, like that that's the thing as well it's, it's good that I I feel like I made the most of the time I, I like I really enjoyed it and, and I my intentions for doing it were always kind of pure and stuff so um for yeah. the love of it and, and and being obviously good at it as well yeah it was yeah it was it just in encapsulated a lot of things for me it was yeah I loved it it was a hobby I was really good at it it was a chance to like express myself and um yeah just to be good at something I think it's really it's really a kind of realize that you went once you step back and like look back at um what you like how much you trained and the races and stuff it definitely once once you're not an athlete or like because i don't feel like an athlete anymore that it, it it's almost like so much more impressive you, you kind of look at yourself as an observer that you observe your career as opposed to like when you're living it you're just ultra critical of of everything and you obviously get a high when you do well but you're always looking for the first thing to critique which is like what what you need to do that's it's not I don't think that's a bad way to be at all and but then when you actually look back it, it's almost like every, every race is like way more impressive now and I'm, I'm like have like a more of a sense of pride looking back which is uh, definitely a nice thing um, and 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 that's good as well because it, it kind of uh, almost like gives me more confidence in like what I can do next because uh, yeah I think I think when you just spend all your time with elite athletes you kind of normalize it which is really strange so yeah you're doing like 35 hours a week but there's like six or seven guys doing the same thing as you so you're like yeah if, if you're like a couple of seconds off in the track session you're like oh I'm, I'm terrible at this and like I'm do you know what I mean and everyone and everyone around you is like thinking the same way as well but then when you actually look at it, you're like, oh, I was just surrounded by like a bunch of freaks and we're <laughs> <laughs> all like really abnormal people. So uh, yeah, you start to 
recognize the fact in a good way i mean i i, I like freaks but uh yeah it's, it's definitely been like i've got a new perspective on on like what i was what i was doing before which is nice yeah that's so true though i think even with you know lots of people who be listening to this um you know they might not necessarily be professionals it might not be their job but they're really really passionate about it and as you say if you've got a lot of friends who are in that kind of bubble with you then yeah it is normal that you do your family stuff your work stuff and a bunch of training on top and that's just normal and then yeah yeah, it's good to have as you say um sort of that perspective outside of that as well yeah I think and and like I said it's just it's really cool to be good at something and and to have like a a skill or or a hobby that other people like if you can do an Ironman like not many people can do that and it's just cool like you can do something that a lot of people kind of can only dream of doing like years down the line so and and yeah I think once you like last year when I was watching the races because I didn't really because I couldn't race I, I wasn't watching them thinking like oh where would I be sort of thing I was just watching it more as like a a, a fan and, and it definitely even then had a different perspective on it and was almost like oh I can't believe like I was doing like watching WTS and I was like I was I was doing one of these like last year and you almost like yeah f- yeah I, I would finish I, I like Leeds in 2017 finished like 13 and I thought that was like pretty like an average race and stuff and then I look back and I'm like that was I was just like racing like the best in the world that's pretty it's pretty weird that you're just as like quite a young guy doing one of my first WTSs and then come finish like relatively high up and then I think I was like really like not not that pleased with it and Mark what was it like actually having to sit and watch those races um it, it was it was fine I didn't really uh, yeah I, I genuinely didn't mind watching it I quite like uh, the fact that I was able to watch and enjoy because that's definitely what I used to used to do when I was sort of like when the World Series just started I would really like watching the races because I didn't see myself as a competitor to them because I was well 2009 I was 15 so I was just watching like I just loved watching the races so it almost like went back to that that uh that stage where I, I wasn't I mean obviously I wanted to be racing but because I knew that I just couldn't do it at that time and I I was just watching it out of enjoyment. Whereas I think in years previous, I I really didn't enjoy watching any triathlon because I was just like, why? Like, would be always trying to place myself and can like be like, oh, where would I be? I don't know. And I don't, I I don't like, I don't like that at all. And so yeah, it was definitely nice to kind of almost be like a fan again, as opposed to just like analyzing everything and seeing, yeah, just being like, oh, I wonder where I would have been at the swim or where I'd be in the run right now which is like a pointless pointless exercise <laughs> kind of thing did you do you feel like you achieved more than you thought you would or did you think because I mean you did amazingly all the way up through the age groups and then mm-hmm. medal at the Gold Coast Commonwealth Games as well like did you kind of think in your dreams that maybe Paris Olympics would have been on the cards as well? Yeah, I definitely. I mean, certainly after after Gold Coast, I like to me. I, I definitely. I felt like there was a lot more that I could have done going into that race. I, I didn't feel like I was maxed out in terms of in um, anything really. I felt like I could improve in everything, 
So, like, and the fact that I got a medal there was like, oh, I could definitely, if I do the next two years properly, I could 100% be a, a medal contender for the Olympics. So I think in terms of did I achieve everything that I could have, I don't, I like definitely don't think I reached my full potential, but from like, I guess, I guess it was only like 19 where I started to think that I could do that sort of, achieve those sort of results. Cause I got a medal in like Europeans and world juniors and was sort of like, all right, I actually, um, kind of like a pretty, pretty decent athlete. Like I'm yeah, one of the best in the world for my age. So, uh, like yeah, people people that have been worse as a junior and gone on to win Olympic medals. So, I, I definitely it's not like I'm not shooting for the stars by by saying that I want to do that. But from my from from those years before that, I I didn't really think that I would ever ever like medal at a, at a major games or like at a Commonwealth Games. I, like my my main drive for this for being in the sport from a young age was 2014 to just be on that start line. I was like if I if I can make 2014 Commonwealth Games, then that that's like anything on top of that is is a as a bonus. So, um, yeah, I definitely like exceeded my childhood expectations. But then once you like the snowball effect of getting results, you're always like chasing for one more. And I did, and I 100 think I could have um with more time in the sport and because I was just definitely just finding my feet as a senior athlete in in 2018. Uh, so like, yeah, that's slightly. I mean, yeah, you could think about it. You could, you, like, I, I prefer to focus on the fact that I exceeded my expectations than, like, I could have done more because yeah. it's, it's a pretty pointless way to just sit and think, oh, so if, I, if I was still racing now, what would I be doing sort of thing? It's just, that's a parallel universe. <laughs> like, it's not, it's, not, it's not here. So, yeah, I definitely exceeded what I thought I was, what I thought I would achieve as a, a child. Did the medal at the 2018 Commonwealth Games, did that even surprise yourself? Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think like, if, if it didn't surprise me, then I w- I'd be living in my own like fairy tale sort of world uh, because I've never done anything like that before. So I, I knew that I was capable of it and I knew that, like, yeah, I had the potential of, and I had the, all the, the fitness was there in the swim, bike and run if the race went the, the way that I wanted it to go. Um, but there's so many like triathlons, just so many factors at play, and there's so many people that I had to beat there that like were way more established, and essentially I had to like upset the hierarchy to do it. But I definitely that was. But my, you did that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it, it was a really just a great, a great like time. Like I, I just loved the whole, the whole like few months or like well from like September right through to April was just a really exciting time. And, and that, that was always moments or, or periods of time where you're preparing for a one big race were always the periods of training and sport that I enjoyed most. So like 2014, the lead into that was like one of my favorite times in the sport and similar with 2018 and similar with, um, you know, like World Juniors in 2013, that was like a really big aim for me for like a few years. And like the few months into that, so like training for those like big day, big one day races was always when I was having the most fun and everything. I guess like you just proper like tunnel vision, so normal. I think anything that like gets gets you into a tunnel vision state is like it's a good place to be. Where normal life is like 
way way off your radar and you're just the, your major concern is like how the next track session is going to go and i think it's only it's only when you have like other problems that are bigger than that you realize like man i was really living in like such a fairy tale <laughs> land uh yeah that, that like most people don't get to experience probably where the only thing that matters to you is you like like how, how well your training is going and literally nothing else is important so yeah definitely always loved those those periods of time so yeah we took it all we brought them to our land an endless night ember hot and icy cold the rage of the earth we made this curse carved it in the blood on our backs we did not see we could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Did you find in, in the fairy tale land of, of the uh, of the big buildups, mm-hmm. like, was there... I, I hate this word, like, oh, well, what about the pressure? But mm. did you ever feel that the almost like the expectation though as well? Or did you thrive off that? Or was it just the expectation that and the pressure that you would have put on yourself? Yeah, I never really felt that anyone was expecting me. To, I think well, it's kind of shows I was in a pretty good environment most of the time. But I never felt like anyone was expecting me to do anything that I couldn't do. So, yeah, it was definitely... I was just it was more me proving to myself that like I could do or I was the athlete that I thought I was and that I was getting the results that I thought I deserved because I was of how hard I was training but um to me it was always I always felt like I was the one that was putting the most into the training so therefore like I, I wasn't it wasn't like my my parents were I mean obviously they sacrificed a lot but I didn't feel like I, I was I doing paying them a favor by doing the race well sort of thing like I, or or coaches or anything it was just it was just for me and yeah I, I definitely liked the pressure and the um the like intensity of it of the fact that just the like yeah say the Commonwealth Games when you're going to the race and the the like build up of all those months and like I guess you could say years but certainly months for sure of training and then you have like one hour where it's where it's like gonna you you can either flop or or not and uh, if if you flop then all those months mean nothing and if you if you like have a good race then it like it's everything so I, I quite liked that feeling of before the race like I don't know you, you're almost unable to imagine life after 12 o'clock on Thursday <laughs> Like, like that's just yeah. You just don't think past that, and then to everyone else, it's like normal, uh, or to, to everyone, like it doesn't mean. Yeah, it's, it's only the athletes that experience that really, or and, and the coaches and stuff, I guess as well. But yeah, I I definitely enjoyed that, and there's no like release like it, like finishing a race when, no matter how it's gone, um, there's always like a massive release of, like stress and relief and like loads of emotions and, 
yeah, yeah, it's really hard to recreate that. Um, I'm sure there's a lot of other things in life that do, but for me, like, yeah, that that was my my vessel triathlon. <clears throat> Did you? Um, I remember. So I was out at the uh, Commonwealth Games in in the Gold Coast, and um, I just remember a little t- tale about a tracksuit on mm. the uh, on the podium. Fill us in. <laughs> I mean, there's not really there's not really much to say. I just didn't pack my podium gear, but I don't think I've ever ever packed podium gear for a race because like, like well like i said you can't imagine life after like you, you the world ends at like whatever time the race starts at um and so yeah to me i just didn't even like i don't know i didn't realize that it was a thing i just didn't really think about it i i but i never i'd never been on a podium where that was required before so most races like you can pretty much just go on in your tricep but i think because for whatever reason at a major games they don't like that when that happens because because that because yeah that well that's what i said i was like oh i'll just go on i don't really care if i go on my tricep that's fine by me and then we were like well it's not not fine with us so we need to get one um so i like yeah i think uh, beth had hers which is obviously a bit smart. and that's that's beth potter yeah beth potter had hers but um yeah i just i just thought that was like a really oh, i just didn't didn't even it didn't it's not a thought that entered my mind like oh i better pack my podium gear so now but is that because you didn't expect to be on the podium mark i don't i don't think so i think it was it just it just wasn't in my like preparation plan i was just thinking about the race and i didn't i wasn't thinking like oh what happens if i get a medal because i was just like and just focused on like the task at hand uh which is quite yeah i guess i think it's a quite good thing that i wasn't like worrying about like oh like when am I going to see my family after like I wasn't worrying about any of that I was just um making sure that when I was on the start line I had everything that I needed um and yeah it wasn't like as I say I was like happy to go on my try so it felt like everyone the whole all the staff around were like proper flustered and I was like well it's not it's not it's not my problem because I'm happy I'm happy like to go on in whatever clothes I quite like it's like, quite a nice like little power, power play, position of power, like having people searching for your clothes. <laughs> Matter, so then, abusive power. So then basically you had to borrow Beth Potter's uh, tracksuit to be able mm-hmm. to then stand on the podium and get your medal at the Commonwealth Games. Yeah, yeah, unfortunately. No, I, I think, I guess it's like a funny story to have, but uh, I, I, like, I as well, I don't know, that the, the podium ceremony to me is like a bit of a, bit of a weird one it's uh, i don't know if i i enjoy it or, or not really uh like I, i've never had that moment of like standing on the podium feeling like really proud I, I don't know that just doesn't doesn't do it for me i prefer like kind of say like seeing my family after that's like way like a much nicer moment whereas the podium is almost like i mean it's not it's obviously nice but it doesn't like it's not emotional or anything for me i'm just i i'm gonna find it pretty funny that there's all these like people in suits around you and uh, yeah like yeah it's a bit of a strange one for me it's almost like part of the process but the bit that you love doing is the swim bike and run and because yeah. uh, like you, you're not sort of massive in terms of like website or you mm. know yeah you're on social media but it's not for you I can tell it's not the be all and end all at all it's like you just love what you're doing and you want to like crack on with what you're doing and, and friends and family are really important yeah for sure yeah I think in terms of like that I guess like publicizing yourself 
I, I don't know if it's, it just doesn't really it's not a very like I think it's a cultural like a Scottish like trait I'm not sure where I don't know many Scottish people that enjoy that side of like being an athlete uh, so I'm, I'm not sure where it's that but yeah like you say I, I just because I was always on funding and well since I left uni and I, I, I was never having to like chase money which is a pretty privileged position to be in but therefore I, I almost like couldn't justify to myself like doing like going all in on social media because I was like I, I don't really want to I don't really want to do that so and I don't need to do it um, and I don't know whether that's like the right or the wrong thing because I guess I could have capitalized more and made got more sponsors and, and stuff like that but then yeah I had a lot of fun and uh, I, I was never yeah social media is like is a weird one it's something that I could like never wrap my head around uh, as an athlete and some people just like accept except like that it's something that you've got to do to make maximize your career and they're really good at it and then i think yeah some people just can't can't be bothered with it or it's not necessarily can't be bothered i think it's just for me i was always like i i, I i'm not an interesting person to to be why, why would people care about what i'm doing because it's it, like it really isn't that interesting because you're just doing the same thing every day so i was like well, i don't i don't really feel like i've got a life worth publicizing um, and then, and then at the moment you do it, just feels like you're showing off. So like when you go somewhere nice, and then I'm just like, I don't, I don't want to just make, like post pictures that make everyone that follows me jealous of me. Like that doesn't seem like a very kind thing to do. Um, and then people, and then when I did that, people would say like, oh, I hate when I'm sitting in the office and you pop up on Instagram and that you're doing something like cool, and I'm just like at work. So I'm like, oh, maybe, maybe like, I should just not, not post. <laughs> doesn't seem like I'm having, a, having a good effect on people. <laughs> Oh, Mark. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, now I was wondering, has um, going back to um, the ARVC, mm-hmm. James Taylor, the England cricketer, was in a similar position to you and he was forced to retire. And then Fabrice mm-hmm. Moamba, the Bolton Wanderers football player, it was kind of similar what happened to him when he collapsed mm-hmm. on, the, on the pitch. Have you... Um, I guess did you follow what happened to them at the time? Have have you reached out to either of them? Uh, I haven't reached out, but I definitely followed. I, I remember the Fabrice Mwamba incident. I don't remember. I, I don't remember the, the James Taylor one, but I've I've like kind of yeah re- like looked into their story and uh, certainly James Taylor has had like quite a lot of like he, I think he writes a bit and he's sort of like verbalised or or is quite a proactive in, in like talking about it so it was definitely I guess I guess it's just nice to know that like someone else has like been through it like in a similar position to you where they're like they've been told that you have to stop like your passion sort of thing so um, it is nice to know that, that, that like it almost alleviates the the anger and sort of thing like I'm like unjust because that's what it feels like initially you just feel like why why do I deserve this but then when you hear like other people have had the exact same thing and like many people have worse obviously it, it, it's a lot easier to resonate like to kind of get your get your head around it but no I, I've not reached out to to any of them but they, they're again they're in a much worse position than me where they, by the time they got diagnosed the the heart had kind of deteriorated and yeah, the, the the state of their heart is not like good, and and they both have like um like a, a defib inserted in yeah. and stuff like that. Whereas I don't, I don't need any of that. So 
if anything, like those stories, reading them just makes me realise like, right, um, I've actually got definitely got more things to be, like I guess thankful of or, or grateful than than to be upset about. So, as I said, yeah, it's nice to have that like silver lining, um, view on it. Yeah, that's a it's a definite, a definite, definite positive. And yeah. did like what do you reckon? What do you reckon you might kind of go on and? Yeah, I'm not sure. Do or. Yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, I, I definitely want to. Like, I I know that I, I love the I love sport. I love performance sport, and I know a lot about it. So I think it would be a waste for me to like just leave, leave, leave that completely behind. So I definitely want to stay involved in like triathlon and performance sport in some way. But at the same time, I think it's a good opportunity for me to like break out of the bubble and um. Yeah, just do something new and experience like new things or you know, new new sides to life. And I think if I was just to like become a coach and then ha- be around all the same people that I've been around before, and uh, yeah, I just wouldn't. Yeah, I, I would just be missing out. Uh, so I definitely want to go and do something different, but I don't know what that is yet. Actually, I got a job, uh, like a couple of weeks after, because because I, I was. I guess like paranoid of the fact that like oh I, I don't even know if I'm employable. I've never had a job before. Like I was a swim teacher, and that was it. So I, I got a job, but then I I decided that it probably wasn't the wisest thing to do to just like hop straight into. It was like a marketing, yeah. business marketing, and I just yeah needed to give myself a bit of time to go away and do something like yeah maybe get a van and just like live like a. Uh, a dirt bag for a bit and uh, I don't know have like have like a little like kind of gap year moment and uh I don't know yeah just just give myself a bit of time to like to like address it because I think if I just get a job then I'm almost like just distracting myself from it and not really confronting the fact that I've uh, lost something that I cared so much about and so yeah I'm I'm definitely going to go and do something like that and uh, then I think I, I definitely have ideas and and I know like what kind of things I'm good at, but um, yeah, I just want something that's like demanding of me because like traveling is so is or like professional sport is so demanding. It demands all of your time. Uh, you're thinking about it all the time, and it's like yeah, just consuming. And that's I think that's why people like it, and that's why athletes like it. They like the fact that that their whole life is is important kind of thing. And so I, I want to find something that that gives me that same that same like feeling and that my life is like important and stuff yeah yeah and what sort of support have you had from say like triathlon scotland and and, and things like that because yeah i mean it, it would have just come i know you've had it gradually so you, mm. you have like you were saying you, you started knowing things from like last year but yeah actually then the right you know forced to retire uh-huh. have you had support advice that kind of thing yeah i've been working more with british triathlon so they've uh it's, it's quite difficult to know exactly what you what you need as yeah. well so i think they, they sort of like gave me a few weeks to like i guess just uh, like not have to talk to them and like they, they didn't they, they didn't check on up on me for like a couple of weeks and I, and I was just doing stuff that i wanted to do and, and not really thinking about it and then they, they started um 
yeah, I get like getting a bit of support from like the lifestyle, uh, yeah. the lifestyle performance lifestyle guy, and uh, like just have him like taking you through the process of of like retiring, and uh, just making sure that yeah you're all right. And and I think yeah I have good relationships with all the staff, and it definitely it almost like on an instant changed from me being an athlete to more just the fact that they cared about me as, as a person. So I definitely felt like. Um, that, that they were like genuinely like sad for me and uh, wanted to do whatever they could to help. But it's, but yeah, there's only so much they can do. It's not like they can, like, you you have to be proactive and go out and and find out what you want to do. But it's just to make sure that you you like, I guess utilize what you've what I've done so far. So you want, I, I want to make sure that, uh, yeah, my, what I've done in triathlon benefits what I, what I go on to do next and that I'm not just kind of starting from the bottom again uh, yeah. not well I'll, I'll have to start at the bottom of something but that of, of something that I, I think I can be good at and also that some like I work for people who who value the like what, I, what I'd done before and so yeah it's definitely I definitely have had good support but it's, it's really difficult to when they're like what, what do you want from us it's, I'm like I don't, I don't know <laughs> I don't know like what how how like anything's gonna like how that's gonna help me but the the lifestyle has been pretty good I guess it's just someone to to talk to about it all as well because um it's quite nice having like a designated person that you like discuss your concerns with because you don't want to be going around to all your friends and just like talking about oh I'm really worried about this and worried about that because when I'm with my friends and family I just want to be having a nice time so it's almost like the someone to put all your like um yeah kind of take the pressure off your shoulders and you not having to yeah. deal with it but not having to load it onto your family and friends and yeah, just an independent person exactly exactly because it's definitely yeah. it's definitely like if i if i go to it's really difficult for my family for sure uh, like because what if, if if i imagine having like kids and a similar scenario occurring i would 100 percent rather have it than my children so I know that that's like the what my parents are thinking they're like oh I would give anything to for it to be me and not him so it is worse for them so I so I, I don't want to be going to them and saying like oh you know like I'm this is really bad that's really bad like not not that that's what I'm thinking all the time but mm-hmm. I think uh, it's nice that the British traveler like uh giving giving me a person to to like talk to and, and just like set my mind straight and also they have the answers as well like uh, if I go to my family and ask them all these questions they don't they don't necessarily have the answers like they don't they've never been in this position before or, or dealt with anyone like this before so um yeah it just allows takes like a lot of pressure off of of like my like friendships and family yeah. and have have there been tears Mark? Uh, I mean yeah it's definitely yeah definitely been like a few moments that are just it all kind of like kicks in and yeah you have days majority of the time I have like a like really positive or not really positive but I, I I'm more positive than negative about it and more thinking like oh you know it's, it's great that I, I can I can like still run every day and I can still do this and I can still do that but then yeah there's times when you just you're it's like you're not ready I'm not ready to look back on my career as like a memory sort of thing like I, I think uh because that, that was something I was always aware of when I was training was like one day you know when I'm like 50 I'll be looking back on these times as like the absolute glory years 
so I, I better make sure I enjoy it. Uh, and I just I'm, I just wasn't quite ready for that to for me to be looking back on the glory years. Um, so that's definitely that's the worst the worst thing about it for me is just uh, all like the like the camps and just all that like those I just loved like like training hard and with a good group of people and just that that that's over is quite sad. But then I think it would that that's just uh, that's it's quite like a tunnel vision way of looking at it as if like that's the that's the only thing that's I'm never going to get that feeling back that I had but when there's definitely more things in life that will be able to give me that same like sense of satisfaction and um, sense of achievement that triathlon did so I think th those kind of like thoughts are pretty fleeting and majority of the time I'm just like oh it's going to be it's going to be um, difficult for a couple of years but I will find something because I've spoken to a few people like Ben Bright and uh, my friend Doug Doug Roberts and you know Ben and it was in a similar position to me that he, he had to retire due to an injury and then Doug as well just wasn't able to he just had to like start making money and he wasn't he had to retire before he wanted to and my friend Doug he, three years after he's retired so this is like this is three years after and he's like just got his kind of dream job I guess but he's had three years of doing stuff that he doesn't really want to do and so the fact that he's got that now is like quite good for me to look at and say like, oh, mate, if in this next couple of years, I might be like, what am I doing? But I will one day, like in the near future, find something that I'm really passionate about. And the same with Ben Bright as well. He said for like two years after he really didn't struggle, but he just felt like really lost and was like, I don't know what I want to do. And then found coaching. And he's like, I actually much have got way more from coaching than I ever did from being an athlete. So. Uh, like conversations like that just make you I just like think about that and think it's not it's, it's definitely it's really naive to think that uh, triathlon is the only thing in the world that's gonna make me like that I'm good at and make me happy and stuff so but like for sure those like whatever uh, combination of uh, of like factors or like um, I guess like yeah things happen in a day where you're like missing out on something or whatever and you're just like oh this is so terrible like i wish yeah it's almost like rainy days because rainy days you can still go and train but like rainy days when you've got nothing to do you're like what do i do like what do i do on a rainy day like go to the driving range or something and i'm like oh if i, if I could train now i would be happy to just like go out for five hours and get it done but now that i can't i don't know like i can't go and sit in the garden or like yeah so um, <laughs> it's, it, it's strange it's strange because when it's when it's sunny i'm like oh i'm i'm happy just cutting about in the sun like doing whatever but then when, yeah when it's raining i'm like oh i wish i didn't have to say yeah. if i could go out and like do a big day of training in the rain it's weird uh, the things you miss <laughs> james taylor is uh he's well into his golf <laughs> yeah, i don't i don't know if that i'm pretty pretty beyond terrible so like, uh, yeah i don't think i'll be doing much of that it's a nice little One path yeah, like half an hour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well spent. And a good, good bit of therapy when it was the uh, on a driving range or something. I reckon. What about yeah. um? It, would you have any advice for other triathletes who maybe I don't know, like you did, just have felt something with their tickers, with their hearts? Mm -hmm. Um. Oh, I guess just go to always go to a doctor and it's i think it's it's very unlikely that it'll be something sinister uh, because 
most of it's really a common thing uh, and like it, when I was last year obviously just I didn't know what it was I had but when people were asking like oh how's training the racing going I was like well actually I undergo an investigation and most people had a story of either themselves or someone they knew that oh I had this or had that so it's definitely when, when you when you're training really hard you find out any um, discrepancies in your body and like yeah you find out any like sort of minor imbalance you'll get injured or and like the same with the heart so yeah I would just go go to the doctor and uh, it probably it probably won't be anything severe uh, because majority of people it's just a little like fixable fixable problem um, but yeah it's definitely not not something to be played with uh, and it, if, any, if anything um, it's a good thing because it it puts everything in perspective in terms of all the things that you once were stressed about. Like I think once you've had a stress of like like serious like my health is at risk here, then nothing. Yeah, you've, there's like a new bar for what stresses you out, sort of thing. So I think if if I was like back training now and I had a terrible track session, I just wouldn't care. It just wouldn't. It wouldn't be on my mind. And whereas when I was like eighteen, nineteen, and until I like rectified that by doing like three good ones, it would be it would be nagging away at me like oh I can't like that session. I was like like five seconds off what I wanted to do so I think it is good to have things put in perspective and that's certainly what this has done for me and I think it's made me it's been like a it's been a benefit for my uh I don't know my ability to like withstand like um, difficult situations and and like setbacks and stuff because uh yeah so I I would see any, anything like that that comes in your way as, as a good thing because it because it will like two months down the line have a positive impact on you and then uh, one other question would be again because you've come through the system there might be parents listening to this whose mm. kids are you know really really talented like 11 12 13 year olds is there one piece of advice that you would give to them about you know having or being a talented triathlete as a real youngster yeah I mean I I I guess I was quite good but I was never like a one of the like big names and as a young youngster like 11 12 I wasn't like winning things really uh, until I was like 7 16 17 so I think it's not really it's not really that important but that's not to say that if you are winning things at 11 that that you're not going to be because I know people that did there's like it doesn't really matter it's more about the attitude of the of the individual and it has to I just think the drive has to come from the athlete all the time like I never like I have two younger brothers and we all at one point were I think at one point we were all like the Scottish champion in our age group but they they just oh it God. wasn't so but well when we were pretty young they're talking like yeah like Richie was like nine or something so there wasn't many people doing it <laughs> but um but they, they were on the same path as me and then they just both were like oh, I don't really enjoy this I want to be a normal kid sort of thing and my parents were just like yeah that's fine so everything everything came from me and every time I was swimming in the morning it was like it was almost like my mum being like oh you know you need like like you're, you're tired you could probably do a lion and I was like no I want to go like so it always came from me and I think that I always you, you can't force anyone to enjoy endurance sports certainly not kids like they either want to do it or they um or they don't 
uh, and it's pretty easy to tell. But but that's not to say that there's obviously things that I did that I had to be like pushed into a little bit, like in terms of training and stuff. But mo- pretty much all the time, it was just it was what I wanted to do, and 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 that's that's really obvious from from when you like when when you're going to a British training camp, like the everyone is so self motivated, and you, like no one there needs a coach, like no one in the British camp needs someone to be like oh, you need to swim if you need to swim tomorrow. Everyone's just like, I know exactly what is required of me. And the coach is just like, it's a partnership. So, um, yeah, that's that's sort of the attitude you're looking for. But but as much, as well, I don't know. Sometimes as a parent, you do know best. And I think my brothers, like they, they definitely got pushed, pushed, not pushed into it, but there was times where, where they were like getting taken to things that they were like, oh, I don't want to do this. But now they have, they're like really fit. Uh, compared to the normal person where if i'm like oh do you want to go and run in the run in the hills they can just do that and they're so grateful for the fact that they had this childhood of endurance sport even though at the time they were like 50 50 on it now they're in a much better position and they and they love it but i think had had they had my parents like not let them quit they they would they might like never do it again so um when they didn't want to do it my, my parents were like yeah that's fine but like the fact that they're exposed to it means that yeah, they, they both love like mountain biking and and hill running and stuff. They just don't do it as much as as much as I would. Um, so yeah, I think there's a benefit to exposing everyone to it, but it's definitely not going to be for everyone. That makes total sense, Mark. Best of luck with everything. Thanks very much. Thank you so much for chatting. And um, yeah, I think you've got a, a fantastic outlook and a really positive sort of mentality about it as well so i will keep everything crossed for you and you will shine in something else other than swim bike run cool thanks for having me and yeah cheers for the kind words i really enjoyed interviewing mark and i'll be completely honest i really wasn't sure what it would be like as we alluded to in the interview he's quite quiet on social media there isn't loads out there about him but clearly he just loved training hard and trying to become one of the world's best triathletes and it's good because it sounds like he does have a good support network around him to help him figure out the next steps whatever they might be and I was uh, watching actually an interview with Tobjorn Sinbala um, who also had to retire he finished third at Kona I think it was in 2007 and and he too um, yeah was forced to retire on medical grounds and there are a few others who have been in a similar position so I think I will definitely do something more on this at some point anyway my wins this week so first up um, Comfuel <laughs> yes thank you very much to James and the team there had a nice little package through the letterbox. So Comfuel is like a pick and mix of sports nutrition. It comes through your letterbox, so it literally fits in, dropped onto the mat, and you can get 20% off all orders or advanced sweat tests using the code InsideTry at comfuel.co.uk. So then basically you get this box and you can choose what you want in it. I had various bars and things like that. Rich was right in there straight away for the cliff bar. Took it out. I'm taking that. It's going in my pocket. Thanks, Rich. All right. So yeah, on a Thursday, we had a really nice uh, bicycle ride. Bicycle ride? <laughs> Cycle ride. <laughs> Taiwan bikes. Um, 
in Shropshire. Now, if you live in the UK or wherever you live around the world, Shropshire is one of these little hidden gems. And uh, I don't want everyone to go there because it's so, so quiet, but it's amazing. I actually used to work there for about three years, so I was well aware of the joys of cycling and, yeah, just the nature, the scenery and the quiet roads. It is incredible. So we did a lot of climbing and, yeah, had a great day out on the bikes. So if you are ever in or around Shropshire, then... um, yeah, pack your bikes and you will not regret it. Some decent climbs going on. We also went up to Yorkshire as part of a, a few days off. So we had a walk in Yorkshire with Eddie Hairsign. That was really nice. We've chatted lots, but never actually really met face to face. So that was cool. We had a good good walk in the in the Yorkshire countryside. And, and even better, Ellie made a cake. But we were only allowed cake after swimming. And I, I didn't get in the river that's such a wimp. Rich got in and Ellie got in without a wetsuit. And I was like, no, my hands had already gone white before even contemplating it. And I was like, no, it's not for me. So I was official photographer. And um, yeah, then we had cake. It was great. Uh, also did more yoga over Zoom with Manu Mission Yoga in Sydney. Bloody love it. It's amazing. <laughs> it's so good. So I'm kind of hoping that the studio there in Sydney do continue to do a few more virtual classes uh, so I can join in with my brother and, and his class. It's just oh, it's one of the highlights of my week. Uh, I really, really, really love it. And then I think the final win for this week was maps. Are you? Do you like a good map? Because we've just ordered three for France. Because <laughs> fingers crossed, fingers crossed, we're going to go hiking in France in September. The original plan was to go in May and clearly that didn't happen. And so we've pushed it back. Yeah, I'm just keeping my fingers crossed. We now have maps and we've been planning out kits. So oh, watch this space. And uh, this week I'm going to do a virtual 10K. Do you remember back in April I blabbered on about the Storm the Castle duathlon? Well, the same organisers, B Endurance, um, do a Ludlow 10K. Oh, it's in Shropshire. <laughs> But it's not going to be happening in Shropshire. And um, yeah, I should have been in Germany, I think, or coming back from Germany because um, uh, I was going to be working at Challenge Roth with Sports Tours International as a race host. Clearly that hasn't happened. And the guys got in touch and said, don't suppose you fancy doing a virtual 10K and supporting us again. And yeah, we had a little chat. It's like, why not? So the money is going to the local food bank in Ludlow. So yes, we will have a little run around the lanes near us so should be fun anyway i'm gonna shut up now so do carry on with the messages the shares go and give inside try show a like on facebook too if you haven't already done so if you have great stuff thank you and if you're listening now and you're thinking yep i do like what helen does i wouldn't mind buying her a coffee every month then just head over to patreon.com forward slash Inside Try Show. So this week's show has been powered by 33fuel.com. You can get your hands on six protein bars, their premium protein and their ultimate daily greens as part of their special lockdown bundle. Just use the code InsideTry33 for a discount at checkout. Have a good week. Look after yourself. Look after those around you and we'll speak again soon.
Sports Social Podcast Network. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.